Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be back with us. Also, it's tuning in through our friends online around the world. Thanks for our podcast. We're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome back best-selling author Adam Mitzner to our broadcast today. Adam is celebrating a brand-new book called Love, Betrayal, Murder. We're going to talk to him not only about his love of storytelling, but what it's going to and also take his passion for law and justice and to be able to bring that into the new book, as well as, of course, that you guys know how to stay connected with Adam and all the great things that he's doing. Adam, thank you again for the time. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Good to be here. The pleasure is definitely all mine. So, Adam, let's talk about this journey for you because, I mean, people have known you, of course, for stories that definitely keep us engaged and, and turning the pages. Love, Betrayal, Murder is another example of that. What has it been like for you to have been able to find this love of storytelling and to share that with the rest of us? It's really been a dream come true, and I don't say that lightly. Um, I sometimes wonder how I would feel about writing and um, being an author if it was something that I had been planning on, you know, from school and started in my 20s. But instead, it was a midlife um, pivot for me, and I think that's made it much sweeter because I never – could have imagined when I was in school or as a younger person saying, well, someday I'm going to have 10 novels to my name. And, um, and now I do. And so it makes it um, both humbling and um, I'm grateful to have had the opportunity. And, and I think the the thing about a book like Love, Betrayal, Murder, Adam, is that it takes another passion of yours, which is, of course, um, the law, uh, kind of weaves that in. And I love the fact that there's so much action in and outside the courtroom. Was that also part of, of what you enjoyed about this book, is that you're able to take another passion of yours, of course, that being the law, and be able to share it in the characters that we're able to meet in this book? Yeah, that was one of the things that I was striving for when I started to write was I want to write a legal book that is true to the way courtroom cases actually work, um, which will give a reader a different sense than what they might from watching Law & Order episodes or some other fictionalized legal dramas. So there's none of the objection badgering the witness, which isn't a real thing for real lawyers, but is a constant on TV in my book. It's all, you know, the way that I would try this case if I was trying it in real life is the way it comes out on the page. Um, But the most important part, as you alluded to, is what's going on with the characters when they're not in court and how that influences their conduct in court. And I draw upon my background as a lawyer um, in those determinations, too, because you deal with clients most of the time sitting in your office, not in court, and you learn what motivates them to have done what they did to become your clients in the first place and how that propels them as parties in litigation. 
I think that, again, is what I love about these characters, too, that we're able to meet Adam. So to kind of go back a little bit, of course, Matthew and Vanessa are the, the two characters we get to spend a lot of time with, but we also see how the actions of others kind of impact what's going on with them. There is this definitely not the typical love story. And I'll talk around some of this so I don't spoil it for those who haven't read the book yet. But I think what is so interesting is the way that the idea – I guess the thing that really struck me, Adam, was how you play with truth and lies, again, inside and outside the courtroom. I think that is one thing, one of the reasons why I asked that question earlier is because I love that. What was it like for you to kind of create this dynamic with Matthew and Vanessa and to kind of play with what they deal with in the courtroom, how those same principles are there with them in real life? You know, I think that's one of the most interesting issues of personal morality um, is when do you tell the truth and when do you not tell the truth? And, you know, I think people's knee-jerk reaction is I always tell the truth. But, of course, that's not true because, you know, your spouse says, does this make me look fat? And somebody (laughs) says, yeah, a little bit, right? You say, no, no, of course not. So there's always a gradation of that. And, you know, what's fascinating to me is, you know, in the legal construct, you're supposed to swear to tell the truth, and that's all you're supposed to do. But there are other constructs, too, where you're supposed to tell the truth to your employer, and you're supposed to tell the truth to your spouse. And yet at the same time, you're supposed to protect your spouse or anybody that you love, and sometimes that might mean not telling the truth. Um, And so when these different moral imperatives come into conflict, I think it creates the best tension for storytelling because people can relate to the fact that, yeah, I've been there too. So, you know, most of your listeners have never been tried for murder, but I'm certain that they've all been in situations where they said, you know, I kind of wanted to tell the truth, but it might hurt somebody that I care about or myself. And therefore, I felt like I, I just couldn't. And yeah. and when you you um, give into that impulse, and when you reject it, to me is one of the richest areas of um, storytelling. Right. Well, I tell you, there's there's so much that kind of happens in this book. And, again, I'm going to talk around this. I want to say, though, for those who are just tuning in, though, on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome best-selling author Adam Mitzner to our broadcast today. He's celebrating his brand-new book this month, Love, Betrayal, Murder. We're going to remind you he can stay connected with Adam. The other thing I think that comes across is that the consequences of actions to uh, Adam. I think that is something, again, the main characters grapple with is something that comes across even in the case that we see being brought out, you know, of course, in the courtroom as well. Talk to us about what that was like for you, because, you know, we all have heard the saying truth and consequences. That kind of does play a role in this book, right? Of course. And I think that consequences also are things that are, I don't want to say gray, because they either happen or they don't, but what you anticipate the consequences to be is often a variance to what they might be. And so I think that the characters here recognize that there's real um, danger to them, conduct, but they can kind of comfort themselves with the idea of, well, that's unlikely to happen. And I think that is a refuge that a lot of people take. So you do something where you say, you know, 
maybe you go over the speed limit and you say, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll get in an accident, but that's unlikely to happen. And that either I or someone else will be badly hurt. Well, that's really unlikely to happen. And so you guide your conduct based on that likelihood. But of course, sometimes really bad things do happen based on your conduct. And then you have to face the consequences. And, you know, what do you do when faced with consequences that you really hadn't anticipated? Exactly. I, I love this uh, aspect um, in thinking about the characters in the book. Another one is Erica that really makes uh, her presence known. Uh, and, and it comes up with the interesting idea, and I thought this almost halfway through the book, Adam, about the idea that we hear a lot when it comes to courtroom dramas and reading books, a reasonable doubt. Uh, talk, how much fun was it for you to create Erica and kind of let her kind of unfold for us as as the book goes on? So Erica was one of my favorite characters in the book because, you know, she's not as personally invested in the outcome because she's a lawyer um, involved in the case. And yet at the same time, I know from being a lawyer involved in the case, you do get a very personal investment both in the outcome because it's your professional standing and also you have this relationship with your client that, is arm's length, but also, you know, fairly intimate because you, you know their secrets, or at least you think you do. And with respect to reasonable doubt, I think that is one of the trickiest issues in the law. And there's a reason that it's not truly defined, because I think that the legal system doesn't want it to be defined. I think they want it to be left to individuals. And I have this running joke with um, a friend of mine who's a lawyer because he has a very expansive view of reasonable doubt. And in his interpretation, if I say, look, Bigfoot, and somebody turns, well, they have some reasonable doubt that it might be Bigfoot. Yeah. And I always say to him, yeah, I don't think that's reasonable doubt. I'll, I'll turn if you say, look, you know, um, there's a 150-foot tall person behind you but I don't really think that there is one, so I, I, don't, I don't have reasonable doubt that there might be. And yet, you know, both our interpretations, I suppose, are fair given the construct of the law. And I think that for lawyers, you do think a lot about reasonable doubt in criminal cases because, you know, sometimes you feel like your client's guilty or you feel like, um, you know, they've even admitted to you that they're guilty, and yet you're tasked with defending them. And the way you, you do that, in your own mind, I think, at least the way I do it, is there's this concept that even if they're guilty, they shouldn't be convicted unless a jury unanimously believes that they're guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And so in the same way that jurors are instructed, if you think he's guilty but you're just not sure, that means you vote to acquit. I think lawyers feel the same way. Exactly. Such a great thing. Adam, I want to step back for a second here and just talk to you about the reader for a second. Because, again, you spend so much time with these characters, you know, kind of seeing them kind of develop, the storyline develop and unfold and maybe take its own twists and turns like it does for us as the reader. What has it been like for you now to be able to share your books with readers and get that feedback? You know, that's the, the best part. Um, you know, there's such an incredible disconnect when you're a writer because you do all of this by yourself 
and usually, you know, in silence, right? I'm just sitting in my room writing, and I hear the characters, but, you know, you try to block out what are people going to think or what are they going to say, and then all of a sudden, all switches. And now I'm done. There's nothing I can do to make it any better or to change it. And all I hear is what people think about it. And um, thankfully, the early reviews have been great. But, you know, it's really important to me to, to hear what readers think because it, you know, guides my views about my work in the future. But also it's just so gratifying. And I'll tell you, the things that I like the most is when there's some sort of um, really personal connection that the reader has to the characters, even if it's not central to the plot, even if they say, you know, I, I was so disappointed that so-and-so didn't get his in the end because I hated that guy. And for a writer to feel like I've made you hate somebody who doesn't really exist except on the page, that's a great compliment. And, um, and, you know, readers who say to me, I'm still thinking about the book after I've finished reading it, that's really what, what the end goal is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, well, you brought up something, but I'm not going to talk about that, Adam, because I don't want to give anything uh, away. That, But I think it does also make us think about even what you talk about, you know, the readers uh, hating individuals. Makes us, this book makes us wonder what justice really looks like. You know, in really in in a lot of ways, and and I think in or vindication even in a broader sense, even outside of the courtroom setting, what vindication looks like, and I think that's also part of the fun of a book like this is that it, it's it's engaging, it's entertaining, but also makes you think. You know, makes you think about the world that we all that we all live in. Again, everyone, Adam Mitzner has been our guest. Brand new book, you guys can tell it is a page turner. Love, betrayal, murder. It is out now. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to place the order for you. And Adam, how can our audience stay connected with you? A um, couple ways. One is I put my email in the acknowledgments of the book, and so after you've turned the last page, I encourage readers to flip one page more. And you'll see my email and send me an email about your thoughts of the book. I read all the emails and I respond to all the emails. Um, in addition, I've um, been blessed with a name that is not that common, so you can find me on social media uh, <laughs> through all the various um, channels, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I really do enjoy hearing from readers um, the good and the bad, the mistakes that the book has, and the things that you really liked about it. All, all comments welcome. Awesome. Adam, congratulations to you again. I want to thank our mutual friend Anne-Marie of Get Red PR for setting up this chat with us for today. And it goes without saying, Adam, you're welcome back here anytime. Thanks so much, Cyrus. I really enjoyed it. Hey, definitely. Same here. Hey, we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care.